911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about PTSD, dealing with traumatic events, and how this relates to line of duty work. And in order to really hone in on this topic, I've brought in a very special guest by the name of William Wheeler. William, how are you? Doing good. How are you? I'm good too. Thank you. William is an investigator for District 23 Drug and Violent Crime Task Force. And he shared some, some really incredible history with how he's experienced PTSD himself. But before we talk about that, William, if it's okay, if we maybe go back a little bit and talk about how you even got into law enforcement in the first place. Absolutely. So I actually was not someone who grew up wanting to be in this. Uh, I always thought I'd be a, maybe a baseball player or try to go be a lawyer or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, this was far out the uh, realms of, realm of possibilities that I thought that I might be doing, but uh, I had lost my mother to cancer in 07, so at the time I had moved down to where my dad lived and had applied for a jail down there. It's in Pushmataha County, if you know where Antlers is, um, I uh, in Oklahoma, and I uh, got a job there the first day I applied there, and I, and I fell in love with it, and then I moved back to my hometown and got out of it for a couple of years, but I always wanted to get back into it, and uh, was uh, fortunate enough to get with the, one of the lieutenants that works at the sheriff's office up here. And I started through the reserve program and uh, kind of just worked my way up through there. How long did you work there? I worked uh, I did for about a year at the jail down in Push County. And like I said, I took a few years off and altogether at the sheriff's office, I did, I did about seven, uh, five and a half years. And that's with the Pottawatomie County Sheriff's office. I took a break for a little bit. We moved to Arkansas for a few months and came back and got back on at the sheriff's office, so all, all together about five and a half years. And then I've been here at the DA's office now since January. Okay, so when you're saying um, we moved to Arkansas, how did, I'm assuming that's you and your family, is that right? Yes, my wife at the time was a manager for a retail store and they had opened a store in Fort Smith. So we thought we'd take a chance and move out there and, and try something new out there. And we went out there for about seven or eight months and then decided they didn't want the store out there anymore. So we moved back. Okay. How does your wife feel about you working in law enforcement? Uh, she have issues. You know, I got I got lucky with her. She has she's been a dispatcher. She was a dispatcher for about five years. Oh, cool. So she so she's familiar with our line of work, what we do, the kind of calls that we respond to, and whatnot. And and then actually now she's actually employed with the district attorney's office. She uh, handles supervision and does like bogus checks and whatnot for him. So I, I wanna I wanna. Just pause for a second because it's very easy for me to go into the sensitive topics that we're about to discuss. But just to get a generalization, um, what are some of the things that you've seen that police officers do really well and maybe the way that they handle things not so well? Um, I think we're, you know, it really just kind of goes into the discussion. We're talking about, I think we're really good about hiding our feelings about how, how we're really good about covering things up when, it, you know, um, I don't think uh, as far as things that we do bad, I mean, we're good about hiding our stuff inside, but I don't think we realize what we're portraying to other people. Um, so I think we're bad about that. But um, 
but the, you know, but like I said, we're really good. And and I just, and you know, I guess we'll discuss that later on this, but that goes just with the stigma of not wanting to, of the fear of seeking help and whatnot and, uh, and what repercussions there could be and all that. Um, so if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I recently read an article. There's an officer, Olivia, uh, Olivia that worked for the New York police department and he was dealing with some mental health struggles. So he did everything he could to seek out additional counsel. He saw a therapist. He was even prescribed um, Prozac. And when his admin, I guess, got wind and he expressed to them what was going on with him, um, essentially he was ostracized for for doing what he was doing and expressing the way that he was feeling. And they took away his gun. He was eventually he was put into central booking. Um, but he received so much backlash and it wasn't until this became public that he started to receive an outpouring of support of people who feel the exact same way as him and who were thankful that he showcased the true emotions of a byproduct of being on duty. So can you share a little bit with me about how you feel about that? Yeah, well, I, and, and, and that's something that I harp on very much. You know, when I started this about, you know, three years ago, I had maybe a couple paragraphs to a PowerPoint and I was really just it was something I was passionate about because it was something that helped me, you know, and we'll share that story later, but that helped me and in, in, in my, in, in my work and family and stuff. But, you know, it's one of those, it's one of the things I harp on. And, and, and one of the things I tell people when I go and speak to these classes now um, is and the first thing I tell them is, Hey, look, I suffer from PTSD and I don't feel ashamed about it. I have no problem telling anybody that I have PTSD and, and it's okay to be that way. Um, and again, like you said with him, it's, it's that old school mentality that we're that we're feel for. I mean, when I started this three years ago, it wasn't. I've seen a lot in the last three years how much this has progressed and becoming more educated, and and, and more stories are coming out, um, which is what we need. We need more people willing to stand up and share their stories and let everybody else know it's okay, and that you can have PTSD and you can still be a functioning officer within your within your community, and you can be a functioning family member within your family. Um, it's just knowing what to look for and how to deal with it. And that's what we need to continue to educate everybody on, um, that it is okay and we have to get out of that old school mentality that we're big, bad, you know, police officers and we're, and we're tough and we know what we signed up for and this is, this is all normal because it's not normal. By any means of the stretch of imagination, no matter what we see on a daily basis, is normal for anybody to see. And that's what we have to realize. And, um, you know, and, and not everybody's the same. Not everybody's going to be affected the same. But if you know what to look for, then you're then you'll be ready to act when you need to yeah yeah th thank you for sharing that there's been several conversations and i'm constantly looking for patterns as we grow our business so that we can develop the best ways to serve our clients and over the past week or so i've been hearing a lot of people talk about how as an officer or as a first responder or military service member it's very difficult for you to conceptualize the fact that you might be stigmatized with a generalized diagnosis that's comparable to some of the people that you arrest and maybe look at in a particular way. And it's difficult to try to put yourself in the same bucket as that. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I can, I, I can understand. I mean, I can absolutely understand. And, and I think that's a, you know, another thing that I touch on in my class stuff because we talk about that, you know, because it is true because a lot of the a lot of the things that I present in my class as far as signs to look for within your fellow officers and whatnot, 
is a lot of things as far as like what we as CIT officers, um, if you're CIT officers, you know, things that if you were to get a call out on somebody and, and you were, and you saw certain signs, you might want to go ahead and do an EOD or something on them. So mm-hmm. I get, I get the, I get the perception. Absolutely. I get, I can fully understand why people think that, but we have to understand that, um, that just as just as much as it's okay for them to be getting help, it's okay for us to get help. Um, I'm not I'm not sitting here and saying you need to put your fellow officer in handcuffs and and take them to the hospital by any means or anything like that. But we if we can get out in front of it and and notice what we need to be looking for and get them help, then there's no reason why they still can't be productive and still be an officer and do what they need to do. Right. And and one thing Clint and I, my husband, have talked about a lot is a lot of times those people on the streets, they've been offered help several times, but a lot of them haven't received it, or perhaps they don't have that outlet. Um, Maybe they are unaware that it is available to them. And Mm -hmm. I remember a ride along I went out on with Clint. Let's just say that it's, it's a very unique population in the city that he works in. And a lot of the people that we were going out on these calls with, a majority, I would say 90% of the calls were mental health related to some degree. And for them, I think that distinguishing the fact that an officer, an officer having symptoms that are a byproduct of their job is significantly different than what they're seeing when they're going out on these mental health calls. Don't you think? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Boy, I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor by any means. I don't claim to have a PhD or, or, or any, or anything like that, but I, I think so. Yeah, I, I would agree with that 100%. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. And we're going to break this up into two episodes. I know a lot of our listeners have a shorter drive to work. And as you listen to this, in our next episode, we're going to get into something that really struck me to the point of tears because Mr. Wheeler shared with me an audio from a night that essentially changed his life. So tune back in for the next episode. And William, thank you so much for being on our show today. No, absolutely. Thank you for